A podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the mechanical keyboard community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. Kibio, the place for split keyboards. And DIY keyboards. Get cracking. Hello, hello. Another week, another episode. Today, I have my little one in my lap again, as usual. Uh, I think we're doing okay this week. She's still a little bit under the weather, got a little bit of a cough, so I do apologize in advance if uh, she is a bit of a, a distraction in the background, but we'll see how it goes. So, I've been uh, a bit under the weather in terms of just general energy because she's been sick Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. I had a very packed day at work on Thursday where I had to catch up on multiple days of being at home looking after her. Those who follow my personal Instagram would have seen some of the things that, you know, I'd posted up in regards to sick children and very high fever temperatures. And then, of course, on Friday, for me, I went to Taronga Zoo. Went to Taronga Zoo because my niece and nephew who live actually in the United States came over for a visit. It's been a number of years since they've been and... Every time that they've been here, they've never actually been to the zoo. What did come across that was really interesting for me is that, you know, there's there's some amazing Australian wildlife out there. And not to say that I'm an absolute diehard greenie, it's very important that we do our best to look after our environment and maintain it because there are extinct species that we're never going to see again and there's some other species that are very close to extinction. But for instance, some you know, for instance, as some inspiration, we already see some really great cute artisan keycaps and things like that. I think it'd be great if somebody had the mind and energy to put in to make some, you know, endangered species artisan keycaps and they could do sales and raffles and fundraise and use that money to go towards a lot of those conservation efforts. So, you know, if anybody's out there is looking for a project to pick up and do and get involved for artisan keycaps, then maybe that's a suggestion for you. Not necessarily, you know, just Australian species. Could be anything else out there in the world, wherever you are, that is going to help your local environment. Because and then yesterday, uh, we had a pretty busy day. We went to a first birthday, and she was a bit pooped out as well. So, yeah, it was just a, a long day for us, which ended up me not recording last night. Um, she was being a bit fussy, and and I ended up having to getting to bed with her overnight, which uh, resulted in me getting elbowed in the face by her and getting kicked in the chest by her as she thrashed around in her sleep. So having small children, by the way, if you're thinking about it, it's an investment, but you're going to have to be prepared for all sorts of fun and games like that. Now, this week, I want to say thank you very much. Alex's birthday. Yes, it was Alex's birthday. That's right. I want to say thank you very much to Tin Robit, or I suppose really Tin Robot, Robit, R-O-B-I-T, who has joined our Patreon and become our latest supporter. Really appreciate that you've come along and joined us for the journey. And the message that Tin Robit wanted to say was beep boop. So there you go. (laughs) Now, because I haven't really done a lot of cruising through this week's topics and whatnot, uh, I only actually have 
couple of things to talk about. And then I thought, because I've actually got, you know, my daughter in my lap, we might just go through a bit of front page imagery, having a look at type of thing. So as an extension from last couple of weeks where we'd been talking about ergonomic keyboards, I came across something that uh, somebody in Slack had actually shared to me, which was a magnetic modular keyboard. It had actually been posted on Reddit three months ago, but I must have completely missed it, where it's a very interesting design. They've got an ergodox type of pad where it has rails across it, which are horizontally positioned, and every individual key switch attaches to these rails magnetically. But they also have pins on it that pick up electricity, which then somehow through its circuitry, pick up signal from the actual switch to press, and it also supplies power to in-switch LEDs. And what's really interesting about this design is the fact that you can actually shift and move things however you like, which is kind of what I was talking about with some kind of system that you could slide things up and down to get the right perfect column height and then lock it down because of the person who had done that particular uh, whiteboard with magnet type of thing to work out their perfect layout before they went to get a plate and case done for it. So this is kind of already in that space. I think it's really cool and it's available on AliExpress. I don't know if anybody has actually picked one up and bought it and tried it. I mean, there's a lot of questions and, you know, what not. It's, um, yeah, really, really interesting. So there was a post which came from YYWolfDumang, but, oh, please don't do that to the microphone, dear. Okay. Uh, and they haven't said anything about it. They they basically just said, hello, everyone. I'm very happy to see everyone's evaluation of this poisonous keyboard. I am Dumang product manager, designer, and engineer. Thanks to Scott Venn for his comments. Any questions, you can email me. Well, there's, there's like questions, but they haven't answered how on earth it works. I, I mean, who's Scott Venn? <laughs> like, it's, it's so strange. It's so strange. Now, of course, uh, you know, they, they put some pictures that the magnetism is very strong, sure, but that doesn't help very much. At least, I didn't think so. It doesn't really tell you very much, except for the fact that they got strong magnets. Now, is that going to be an issue? Is that going to be a risk for sensitive things next to it that the magnet is potentially going to have a problem with? I don't know. It's all very strange. Of course, if I have the spare money, then maybe could get one and uh, even check it out and try and figure it out. I don't know. Is it worthwhile? It's 350 Australian dollars via Taobao. So it's pretty hefty. I mean, we're talking up, you know, in custom keyboard territory kind of thing. So yeah, but it was, it was quite interesting. Now this has led to other discussions within Slack on what kind of rail systems and retention systems that you could to enable custom, you know, keyboard layouts and things like that, that are modular like this. So this is the kind of area that you're interested in and having a bit of fun and research, then yeah, please join in the conversation, check out the link. And if you've got the money to burn, then yeah, please 
Jump in, grab one, and let the rest of us know really what it's like. Hmm. Now, the last couple of weeks has been really interesting for me as a keyboard builder because people have approached me to help them build keyboards. But what has ended up is that um, I haven't actually built any of those keyboards that they've asked me to yet simply because parts were missing. So, you know, somebody had provided me a uh, KBD-75 to help them build, but they were missing uh, stabilizers for it because, well, they weren't fully aware of the fact that they probably needed stabilizers. And then the second person had a couple of boards and they wanted to try Alps. And once again, they didn't have stabilizers. Now, through circumstance, uh, chance really, uh, I was on a, another Discord, which is a sort of local Sydney Discord. Hey, what are you doing, Ariety? Are you, are you going to settle down or not? Hmm? Are you going to sit in my lap properly? Yes? Or are you going to sit on the side or are you getting down? What are you doing? You getting down? All right, you get down. Okay, so, um, Ariety, what are you doing with that spoon? I don't want you banging on anything because Daddy's going to be recording, okay? So, with with that particular kit um, that I ended up getting hold of, somebody had bought an original Ergodox kit. Now, we're talking, you know, vintage OG Ergodox here. Ariety. Is Daddy going to have to get you in trouble? Please don't bang with the spoon. But once again, stabilizers were missing. So this is when, uh, you know, I think it's kind of nice or good to have a bit of a discussion in regards to uh, essentially basics of what you need to build a keyboard, what you need to do to put it together. Now, there's actually plenty of YouTube videos out there already on building keyboards. You know, there's ones from Tay Keyboard, there's ones from Juju Cables, I'm sure there's one from plenty of others. You know, you even Linus Tech Tips, for example, has gone and done a video about it with horrendously overpriced parts. And of course, building a high-end custom keyboard as opposed to, say, a entry-level 60% type of keyboard. But for those who are new to mechanical keyboard as a hobby, and you're interested in putting together your first custom keyboard, no matter how high-end or low-end, I would highly recommend that you get yourself some form of checklist. And the general checklist is going to run along, you know, the easiest way to think about it is a pathway from either top-down or bottom-up. Okay, and what I mean by top-down or bottom-up is think about your completed keyboard and work in a particular direction. If we're talking about bottom-up, we're going to be talking about the case because the case is going to be the thing on the bottom outside. And then internally, you may want dampening material like sorbethane or neoprene or something like that. Then you're going to have a PCB and mounted on your PCB, you're going to need things like diodes. You might need a microcontroller. You're going to need stabilizers. You're going to need reset switches, LEDs, resistors, capacitors, uh, you know, USB sockets and things like that. You might actually even need some mount and mounting hardware, we're talking standoffs and screws, to attach your PCB to the case. 
Okay. Then as you move up from that layer, you're going to need your switches, right? Your switches are going to obviously connect to your PCB. Now, depending on how you want to do that, you might also need to get some hot swaps, either hot swap sockets or uh, hot swap pins, that kind of thing. Then if you want to go with a plate, well, your switches go through the plate and mount into your PCB. So you'll have different plate options. You may have dampening in between your switch and your, sorry, between your plate and your PCB. So once again, you might have another layer of material there, you know, neoprene, sorbethane, high density foam, so on and so forth. Then above the plate layer, you're going to traditionally have your keycaps. Now you might want to get things like O-rings if you want O-rings between your keycaps and your switches. So that's the bottom up approach. And of course, if you're going to go from top down, it's essentially the same kind of list, but in reverse. Just have that detailed out. If anything, you know, I would recommend maybe I might even do it. I just don't know where I'd put it or host it. Put together a common list of parts that are going to be required. You know, and it'll have checkpoints on that in regards to what kind of volume of things that you're going to need, like how many switches, how many keycaps, what size of stabilizers, and so on and so forth. Because that's the next common problem is not getting enough or, you know, too... Well, too many is not really a problem. Too little is really the issue. For example, my Delta Split 75 keyboard still hasn't been built because I bought too few of the tactile gray switches. Ariete, Daddy said, don't go tapping things with that spoon, okay? Now, because of that, those builds are stalled. Um, I actually have rummaged around and I found some spare stabilizers. So I'm going to put them into the Ergodox and the KBD-75, but I need to talk to the person who has the KBD-75 to find out what's happening with them because they were going to get some. It's just because I have so much keyboard stuff around, rummaging around has actually found, <coughs> excuse me, found some spares. Uh, that's just the nature, you know, you might, it's like digging around the back of the couch and suddenly you'll find a bunch of keycaps or something like that. Uh, yeah, and of course, other peripherals that you're going to have to have and need would be things like your cables, um, wrist rests, keycap pullers, desk mats, switch pullers, uh, any lubrication tools, switch openers, and so on and so forth. Carry bags, cases, hard cases, dust covers, vacuums, uh, air blowers. It's quite a lot of stuff that's really required to, to build and maintain. And then, of course, there's the actual building tools like soldering irons, helping hands, uh, you know, flux, fans that kind of stuff, desoldering uh, tools like a, a solder sucker or even solder wick and so on and so forth. So make sure that if you're not sure to ask, right? If you've never built a keyboard before and you're going out and you're buying parts, make sure to ask. We see them time to time on Reddit. You know, we see it time to time in Discord and things like that. Uh, you know, are these parts compatible? Do I have the right parts? Is there anything that I'm missing? These are the questions that you need to ask, ask, ask before you go out and invest or before you send it to somebody to build. Because, of course, if you don't get that right, it's going to cause you delays. It's going to cost you more in terms of time and uh, money because then you might have to pay more shipping and stuff like that if 
to get separate things that could have been part of the original purchase. <clears throat> what are you doing, Ariety? Hmm? Are you scooping daddy's fingers and hands with the spoon? Yeesh. All right. So the second other topic that I was kind of wanting to talk about this week has actually been something that was posted by Too Cool on Type Height. And it's really interesting because it's it's kind of a review of sorts of Everglide switches, but at the same time, it's a commentary on a topic that I kind of talked about and touched upon in regards to leadership a few episodes back. And one of the things was that, you know, Leadership within mechanical keyboard community often has the power to influence a lot of people in regards to what people think, feel, say, and do. So somebody who is considered a leader and has a lot of influence within the community, if they give a negative review of a product, it can and, and well, has kind of been seen to completely kill off group buys and runs of product. And this is where we need to be very careful, and I already talked about that, that we're doing the right thing and being factual and presenting how we want to uh, you know, relay that kind of information. So Tuchel's article was talking about Everglide switches and looking at it from a factual basis, but then comparing it against an actual review of the Everglide switches from Mikeybox. And one of the things that they kind of essentially concluded was that Mikey Box's review is not, well, it's not incorrect because it's their own opinion and whatnot. It is challenged by evidence. It's challenged by facts and evidence. Because when you look at the actual stems in the Everglide switches against Zeal V1 switches, they look very, very similar, okay? They look very, very similar. And when you make comparisons to other switches, a lot of these things are, well, shall I say, very often very subjective. And if you compare things that are also not comparable, that makes it even harder. So if you're going to compare say, Zeal V1s to Zeal V2 switches, you're actually going to get completely different kinds of behaviors because the style of the tactile bump in it is very different. So the video that uh, Mikeybox has put up you know, is put commentary about saying that the Everglide switches, they're very almost linear. They're not very tactile. But then when you look at the actual stems side by side, their profiles are very, very similar, like 95% similar. So how is that possible that something with such a pronounced bump on the stems could be almost linear? It's very strange. So, so this is where we need to just be careful in that when you are looking at stuff and you are trying to review things, you try and be objective and ensure that you know, whatever you say and how you present that information is going to be taken in the right way. And it's going to be, you know, looked at and uh, 
I suppose, disseminated in a fashion that indicates, you know, how much of that is opinion versus how much of that is actually measurable, observable fact. And obviously, switches have a lot of factors, right? Because the leaf spring, uh, the leaf, like the actual contact leaf, how much it's bent and how stiff it is and the material it's out of will make a difference to the feel. You know, the spring weight will make a difference to the feel. How it's lubed, factory lubed or not, will make a big difference in how it feels and things like that. So we have to be very, very careful that these kinds of things are actually presented correctly. Now, the language of persuasion is very interesting because we use it every day. It's used around us, it's used at us, it's used by us because people are presenting opinion and presenting argument or people are trying to sell you something and so on and so forth, get their way. So when you make a review about it, saying something can be misinterpreted and can be subconscious. It can sit in the back of your mind very, very strongly. And what I mean by that is there's a particular phrase that was used by Mikey Box, which is, I bought some of these to review so you don't have to. So it's basically saying, hey, you know what? Trust me and what I'm saying and what I'm feeling is going to be exactly the same that you are going to feel. Well, is it? Do you have Mikey Box's fingers? Do you have Mikey Box's uh, nervous system and sense of press and feel? And do you have Mikey Box's personal preferences in regards to what a tactile bump is or should be? These kinds of questions make it very challenging that that kind of statement is a very loaded statement. Now, I'm not saying that Mikey Box is wrong. I'm just saying when you watch things like this, make sure you take plenty of salt with it. Season well, consider it, be informed, make your own opinions if you can. And of course, that's why switch testers exist. That's why going to meetups exist and being able to check out these things for yourself and forming your own opinion. Okay, so we're going to go and talk a little bit about competition now because we've kind of almost hit the middle of the episode, funnily enough. Well, not really, it's still 10 minutes, but I had asked for the month of July that people send in cute keyboard-related diseases. And originally after the first couple of weeks, I only had one entry. And after that call out four entries, I've received a lot more of them. So thank you very much to everybody who's participated so far. There's been some absolutely great entries, just reading them, having a laugh at them. Some of them are illustrated, some of them are not. It doesn't matter. Just get in because, you know, you got to be in it to win it. And as per usual, we've got a kit from Kibio. We've got a switch cracker from DIY Keyboards for the month of July. And we've also got a The Board Podcast lapel pin as well to give away. Now, on the topic of giveaways, I want to say an amazing thank you and shout out to our good friend of the channel, Mitenale. Because if you've seen on our YouTube channel, I made an announcement the other day where Mitenale actually sent me a keyboard, a mystery keyboard wrapped in foam to give away when our YouTube channel hits 3,000 subscribers. So right now we're sitting at 26 something. So, you know, we're under 400 uh, 
more than 300 away from hitting 3000 subscribers. But if we hit that 3000 subscribers, then that keyboard is going to find a brand new home. So if you are listening to this and you haven't checked us out, maybe you should go over and have a look at our YouTube. And if you like that kind of stuff as an extension of talking about mechanical keyboards, then please hit that like, share and subscribe buttons. And I've been told, should probably tell people to also press that bell, which is the notification, because if you have a lot of subscriptions, your feed is going to just get flooded with stuff and it makes it hard for you to know that there's new content available. Arietti, can you not do that, please? Okay, you can play with the spoon, but try not to make too much noise, all right? It's not nice for the people who are listening, yeah? Okay. Now, so with the bulk of that content done, I don't really have much else planned for this particular episode, uh, as you can tell, because looking after a three-year-old now is starting to get uh, a bit challenging, especially, uh, yeah, when she wants to play up a bit. Ariete, do you want to help daddy and look through some pictures? Yeah? Do you want to look through some pictures and tell daddy what you think about these keyboards? Yeah, we did it a little while ago. Do you want to do that again? Yeah? Well, you have to speak up, okay? So, this picture is called Canoeing 80s Style. What do you think of this one? This picture. You're not going to tell daddy? Do you like it? Well, you need to speak. Yes? No. You know, you don't want to. You don't like these ones either? Hmm. Well, looks like she's not uh, getting involved there. <laughs> I do apologize because she's being a little bit sulky because I stopped her from bashing things with her spoon, including my keyboard. Uh, there is a bunch of meetups happening right now. There is actually a Seattle meetup is happening probably towards the tail end of the seattle meetup day itself because it is sunday here so it'll be probably late afternoon if not evening for those at seattle meetup i hope you guys had a really great time now i am actually going to be up in brisbane late august for a mini meet up there and i know that there's people already trying to arrange the next melbourne meet so let's run through the meetup list if anything has changed so, Singapore is today. Seattle is today. Uh, well, Singapore is technically yesterday. Now, Leahy in UT, Utah, August 10th. Boulder, Colorado, August 24th. Paris, France, August 31st. Helsinki, Finland, August 31st. Copenhagen, Denmark, September 7th. And Los Angeles, December 7th. Now... None of the interest checks have actually uh, changed in that they're all, well, they've post-dated, but there's Washington, D.C. posted April. I wonder what happened there. Krakow posted May. Houston posted June. Dallas posted June. Hartford posted July. So maybe those are still coming up. Now, Ariadne, did you want to say anything on the podcast today? No? You're not going to... Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I guess this is going to be a bit of a short episode. You know, that's just the way it is sometimes. In terms of updates, still 
waiting for the down bubble to make itself happen. Uh, the pink switches have been invoiced, still waiting for them to come through. I'm hoping that if they do come through in time, I'll be able to put it together and take it up to Brisbane for the mini meet, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh, actually, no, a little bit of a topic there in that uh, grab bag keycaps. So the latest round of grab bag keycaps was relatively unannounced. Pimp My Keyboards, also known as Signature Plastics, actually chose not to send out an email notification when the grab bags would be available. They did send out an email saying when the grab bags would go on sale, but after all the previous times when they've tried to send out email saying they're now available, people have received them late and they've had complaints. So they've basically said straight out, we're not going to let you know that they're available now. This is just when they're going to go available for sale. I ummed and ahed about it and, you know, I thought, well, should I get one? Should I not? And I decided at the time on the 24th that I wouldn't get up at 2 a.m. to try and get one. I checked later on in the day just to see if they'd sold out and they hadn't sold out. So I find that really interesting because either the community has decided, you know what, it's not worth or because they didn't receive the notification, they didn't generate as much interest. Or maybe it was simply that the actual key sets that was available this time around weren't of interest to people. I don't know. But I mean, we're talking Oblivion, 2077, Blood Shadow, Penumbra, Honeywell, Hyperfuse, Toxic, Ocean Dolch, Hydro, Ice Cream, Nautilus, Bee, Bubble, Danger Zone, Industrial, Dolch, and Isle of Dogs. So for me, when I looked at it, I was like, you know what? I wanted to save the money for doing the stickers. And I'll talk about that in a moment as well. But today, we were talking about the grab bags again, and somebody asked about if Blood Shadow was in it. And we had a look at the list, and, well, Blood Shadow is in it. And then I saw, well, hang on a moment. In theory, there should be some of the new SA PBTs, Industrial, and they've also got DSS Dolch, which is their newer profile that they've released. And then that's when I decided I'm going to be a madman and I'm going to get grab bag number nine. So I've gone and sunk the money in to get the ninth grab bag that is in my collection because I want to pick up some of those SAP industrials and I can do the salt test with them if I really wanted to. Uh, salt test, you'll find out probably in a couple of weeks because I'm looking at doing a video in regards to using salt water to separate them. And also because I want to check out the DSS profile. So we'll we'll see how my grab bag luck goes. And yeah, it was still not sold out days later. So hopefully that's not an error on Signature Plastics website. Okay, so uh, I apologize for that little bit of silence. I've had to do a splice because my daughter decided to hit the space bar and actually stop the recording. So after a little bit of a stern talking to, we're now back. So uh, in regards to getting that grab bag, uh, hopefully it hasn't been a mistake on Signature Plastics' website and I'll be able to get that soon, have a rummage around and find some SA Industrial and PBT. Maybe they you know, had some ones that didn't work out so well and there might be a little bit blank or something like that. 
uh, or well, I guess we'll we'll see what they look like as well as DSS profile keycaps. Um, yeah, I've now completely lost my absolute chain of thought here, and I had no idea where I was going after talking about um, the grab bag. Yes. Ah, children, 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 children. Mm. <coughs> yes, indeed. All right. Well, you know what? I'm I'm pretty much going to uh, wrap it there before this little rat bag sitting on my lap gets herself into more trouble and breaks into more tears because uh, she's just at that age. At that age. So, sorry for another short episode. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks coming up, uh, when I get myself up to Brisbane, I'll have a couple of interviews that I can do up there with the people at the meetup, which should hopefully make up a little bit for uh, these couple of short episodes these last couple of weeks. Well, I hope everyone keeps well. Uh, stay hydrated out in the summer heat if you're in a summer area. Stay rugged up nice and warm if you're in a winter area so you don't get sick, because there's definitely been a lot of that going around, especially in our household. And of course, please look after each other and be kind to each other. So of course, until next time, as usual, happy clacking.